episode 10. Welcome to the podcast, Life of Awesome. My name is Saul Blinkoff. I'm a husband, father of four, and director-producer who works for some of the top studios in Hollywood, including Disney, DreamWorks, and Netflix. My goal? Simple. I want to live the best life I possibly can, and I want the same for you. I travel the world talking about life, and if there's one thing I've learned, every single person on the planet wants the exact same thing. We don't want a life of good. We don't want a life of great. We want a life of awesome. I really want to thank you for being here today listening. I realize there are so many podcasts out there, and I really appreciate you giving me the most valuable thing that you have, your time. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share it with your family and friends. That said, let's get into it. Well, I am so excited to be recording my 10th episode, and I'm so grateful to you for listening. You know, if you guys are on social media, you might think that you have a lot of friends. I mean, some people have a thousand friends on Facebook. Some people have 5,000 friends on Facebook. Some people have thousands and thousands of followers on Instagram, but be careful because it doesn't mean that those people are actually our friends. Many of them may actually be our friends. But there's different levels of friendship. You see, today I want to talk about friendship and ultimately what the purpose of friendship really is. So for that, we need to go back to the beginning. How many of you can go back and remember one of your very first friends? Maybe one of your first friends from kindergarten, preschool, first grade. What were those friendships like? You know, Aristotle, the Greek philosopher, is very famous for talking about three kinds of friendship. The first kind he calls utility, and that's a friendship that exists between you and someone else who is useful in some way. There's a a benefit. There's an exchange. And this is what you find in really young kids. You know, when you were in first and second grade, that first day in school, you were scared. You didn't know anybody. And when you went out to the playground and you were sitting in the sandbox, it felt safe to know there was another kid next to you in the sandbox. And without any formal introduction, what do we do? We start playing with them. You start building sandcastles. You start talking. You ever take your kids to the beach or a park or a playground and watch how easily they can start playing with a new kid? Usually much easier than we can. Adults are much more guarded. We, we don't just start interacting with people more than, hi, how are you on the street? But kids can do that. This is that first stage of friendship. Remember the movie Forrest Gump, directed by... Bob Zemeckis, he did Back to the Future, lots of movies. And Forrest Gump is this kid, played by Tom Hanks. He can't walk, he's got those metal braces on his legs. Run, Forrest, run! Remember, everyone makes fun of him. No friends, totally isolated and alone. His only friend in his life is his mother, played by Sally Field. And when he gets on the school bus one day, he meets that little blonde-haired girl, Jenny. And she becomes his first friend. From that day on, we was always together. Jenny and me was like peas and carrots. And then over a movie montage, they start doing everything together. They're inseparable, spending every waking moment they can together. She helped me learn how to read, and I showed her how to swing. Sometimes we just sit out and wait for the stars. Mama's going to worry about me. Just stay a little longer. For some reason, Jenny didn't ever want to go home. Okay, Jenny, I'll stay. 
She was my most special friend. And we later find out, you know why she didn't want to go home? Because she had a terrible family life. And she wanted to stay out of her house as long as she could. And when I'm with my friend Forrest, I feel safe. Most people, if you ask them, what do you want from a friend? We want to feel safe. There's a lot of pain out there in the world. There's a lot of things out there that make us feel insecure. But to find a friend, especially in an environment where we do feel insecure, can be very comforting. You know why teenagers are so social? Because that's the stage in our lives where we're trying to figure out who we are. When we leave mommy and daddy's home, we go out into the world. And deep down, we all have this feeling like, I don't know if I trust myself. But as soon as I have a friend that validates me, it reassures me, yeah, I'm okay. It's the same thing in the workplace. You know why? Because if we lose our jobs, we're in trouble. Everybody's always in fear for their job in some way. That's why in the workplace, we need friends. We go out to lunch with them. We sit in the break rooms talking with them. We open up to them. And while those friendships may mean something to us, if we weren't in that structure of the job, would we still be spending time with them? Maybe, maybe not. You know, for me growing up, I I definitely did not have a lot of friends. And if anybody I went to high school with is listening to this, you will remember me in high school. I was literally the kid with no friends. Okay, I couldn't play sports very well. I definitely didn't have the right clothes that I needed to fit in in school. And I couldn't stop singing in class. I remember kids calling me annoying because I used to sing all the time. I actually got thrown out of class many times for singing. Eventually, I found most of the time I spent as a kid, as I said in previous episodes, was just being alone, climbing trees, building go-karts and clubhouses. But I remember as I got older... I think I was a freshman in high school. There was a new kid that came into the school, and I was determined to make him my friend because it was someone new. And he was a Vietnamese boy named Hoa. I think you spelled it H-O-A. And we used to walk home together on the train tracks, just like out of the movie Stand By Me. Remember that? But there was one challenge to our relationship. He spoke no English. <laughs> So we couldn't really communicate. So that friendship that I had with him was based on two people, both lost, but found the feeling of safety being around each other. But friendships need to go deeper because ultimately the goal of a friend can't just be to prevent us from being lonely. Aristotle continues with another form of friendship, the friendship of pleasure, not just because of a transactional benefit that they give you, but it's usually based on mutual interests. You know, you're in college together. You like this sports team together. You're both fans of this kind of music. But as soon as our tastes change, the friendship seems to dissipate. That's how people can grow apart. You can be friends at a certain stage in your life. But as we get older, sometimes those friendships change because we change. That's why we like people who have similar interests in us. That means if I meet someone and they like the same music as I do or the same food that I like, that means they accept me. So we're always attracted to people that see the world like us. Because at the end of the day, what we truly all want, and while yes, the greatest fear in life is loneliness, it's because the greatest want that we have is being accepted. We want our lives to matter. But Aristotle says the greatest form of friendship is the form of friendship called the friendship of the good. And that's when one friend sees the value and virtues that the other person embodies. I'm friends with you because I see the values that you have yourself. Not because you give me anything, 
But when we're friends with someone, there's always a benefit. You know why we're friends with them? Because those are qualities that we want for ourselves. And whomever I surround myself with, the more I spend time with that person, their qualities become my qualities. Why do you think in the movie Goodfellas, when Henry Hill was a teenager, his dad didn't want him hanging out at the cab stand? He knew what went on at that cab stand. Because they didn't want their son ending up a criminal. That's why as parents, we don't want our kids being friends with kids that can be a bad influence because we're impressionable. Because if you choose the right person to be friends with, you get uplifted, you grow, you choose the wrong person to be friends with, and you're in trouble. You see, to really understand the value of a friend, we need to first re-clarify what our goal in life is. Because a true friend is a partner to help us achieve what our ultimate goal is. When we're young, we want a friend because we don't want to feel alone when we're playing in the sandbox. But in order to have true friendship, there is one quality that we must have. To have one bestie, to have one best friend. As an adult, there's one component that must be present, and that is vulnerability. And vulnerability means I'm going to let you in to the real me. And it doesn't just mean vulnerability that I'll share with you my struggles and my pain, but it also means that I can share my success with you. Think of a friend that you have right now. Most people say, oh, that's my true friend. Why? Because they're always there for me. They're always there for me, meaning when I need them, when I fall, they'll pick me up. Just like the song, Lean On Me. Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. There you go. There's some singing. Listen to those words. Most people think that a friend is someone that's there for me when I really need them. And yeah, that is part of it. But it's also when things go well for me. Can I share with my friends exciting things that happen for me? Pick a friend right now. How much of your vulnerability is sharing your struggles and how much of it is actually sharing your successes? And don't think it's so easy to share our successes with people. Author Oscar Wilde said, anybody can sympathize with the sufferings of a friend, but it requires a very fine nature to sympathize with a friend's success. Because if it's not a true friend, we could come off boastful. I've heard people say so many times they hate when people post their perfect pictures on Facebook. Why do they have to post the pictures on Facebook? They took a family vacation. They just bought a house. They just got a new car. How's that supposed to make me feel? Well, if it's your friend posting it, then there's only one way that should make you feel awesome. And if it doesn't make you feel that way, then they're not your friend and you shouldn't be friends with them on Facebook anyway. Boom. In the 90s, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon starred in the movie Goodwill Hunting. Not only did they star in the movie, along with Robin Williams, but they also wrote the screenplay, which won them an Oscar that year for Best Screenplay. And the movie basically tells a story about this guy, Will Hunting, who's like graduated high school, has a job, basically a janitor at Harvard University. And there's a professor at Harvard that teaches like really advanced mathematics. And one day he puts on the board for his lecture hall filled with students a very difficult equation. Now, deep down, he knows none of them can do it. He comes in the next day and the equation on the board is done correctly. And he soon finds out, you know who did it? The janitor. He can't believe it and soon realizes that Will Hunting has a gift and tries to get him jobs with all these like hedge funds and all these jobs where he could make a lot of money. He has these meetings for him, these interviews, and Will's not interested. And finally, after he's resolved, I'm just going to hang out and stay the rest of my life in Boston, just hanging out with my friends. But out of all his friends, one of them is his best friend. 
And that's Ben Affleck's character. And Ben Affleck asks him, how'd it go with those interviews that the guy set up for you? How'd it go with those big meetings? And Will is like, nah, I'm not interested in that. Expecting his best friend to agree with him and say, yeah, you're right. Those jobs aren't for you. But that's not the response he gets. He gets something much more valuable. Look, you're my best friend, so don't take this the wrong way. In 20 years, if you're still living here, coming over to my house to watch the Patriots game, still working construction, I'll kill you. Hanging around here is a waste of your time. You don't know that. I don't? No, you don't know that. No, I don't know that. Let me tell you what I do now. Every day, I come by your house and I pick you up. And we go out, we have a few drinks and a few laughs, and it's great. You know what the best part of my day is? For about 10 seconds from when I pull up to the curb when I get to your door. Because I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. I'm just left. I don't know much, but I know that. You see, how do you know Ben Affleck's character is a true friend? Because he sacrifices what's better for him to give the advice what's better for Will. How many of our friends really want the best for us outside of what it does for them? He basically says, I'm not going to see you again, even though you're my buddy, you're my friend, and of course I want to spend time with you. Yeah, we have a couple laughs, but I know what's better for you, and what's better for you is what I want for you, no matter what it does for me. He tells Will the truth, because if you can't tell him the truth, he's not your real friend. He's just an acquaintance. But if we want something real, from the friendships in our life, we have to be willing to hear the truth. And the truth about what? About ourselves. Because at the end of the day, one goal we should have through every friendship in our lives, we should ask ourselves, not will this person just make me feel safe? And yeah, that's important. But ultimately, will this person help me understand truth? Will they help me acquire wisdom or just validate the perspective I already have? You know, hopefully you have a friend that you can have a disagreement with. If you can't have a disagreement with a friend, they're not your friend. What, you're only going to be friends with people that agree with you? People that tell you that everything you do is wonderful? People have the exact same point of view as you? How boring is that? A disagreement means I value or respect the other person's opinion that I can hear it. My mother has had the same best friend since she was 16 years old. Back in the 60s, they used to listen to Beatles songs together. They've been through everything together, whatever life threw at them. Ups and downs, they were there for each other. But the foundation of their friendship is a deep mutual respect for each other. The two of them have very different opinions when it comes to politics. And as we know, a different view of politics destroys friendships, destroys families, but they're able to keep their friendship together. Why? Because they both realize, I'm not trying to convince the other person. I'm sharing my perspective so that my perspective can be challenged and I can understand more about the world. That's a real friend. Inspirational quote of the week. This quote comes from Thomas Fuller. He was a British physician, a writer, an intellectual. And he said, quote, If you have one true friend, you have more than your share. Because surrounding ourselves, we're constantly bombarded with the reminder of how many Facebook friends we have, Instagram and TikTok followers. And if you could narrow it down and have one true friend, you're the luckiest person in the world. 
So when you walk away from this episode, take a moment, make a list of your friends, whether writing it down or make a mental list. Try to gauge where the relationship is. What's the benefit? Does that friendship help you or does it hurt you? And also think, what kind of friend are you to other people? And if you have a friend that you want to have a closer relationship with, the only way to grow that relationship is to be vulnerable and to invest yourself in that relationship. Because only if we acquire a true friend can we reach our true potential and have a life of awesome. Thank you so much for being here today listening. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. Please, again, subscribe, like us, rate us, review us, share us with your family and friends. And I truly hope that each and every one of you has an incredible life and not just a life that's good and not just a life that's great, but that each and every one of you has a life of awesome. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.